morning, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. And today I'm joined by a special guest co-host, the co-owner of MMA DNA. You know him from Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Marcel Dorf. What's going on, Marcel? Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, to doing this podcast with you. Uh, all good. Beautiful weather outside, so uh, yeah. So, Great. like, for people that don't know you, I just want you to talk about yourself quickly. Uh, you're based out of uh, Amsterdam, if I'm not mistaken, Netherlands. Uh, I've never really been to that part of the world, but I'd love to hear more about, like, where you live in the world and also, like, what you do in the industry. So uh, I'm actually based in Maastricht. It's like two or three hours from Amsterdam. It's more in the south of the Netherlands. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 an old city. It's a beautiful city. Many people come here, tourists. It's really close to the border of Belgium. I can be in Belgium in two minutes if I want. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've been at uh, MMA DNA like what's it? I think we started in 2016. Before that, we were we uh, we had something else, or we were somewhere else, but we started something for ourselves. And uh, from that on, uh, we uh, we proceeded, and uh, we've been doing. We've been doing okay, I think. I mean, uh, definitely on uh, on national level, we are uh, people know us over here, and uh, I think on international level, it's uh, it's getting better as well. So uh, yeah, that's basically what we're doing. We also have uh, kickboxing doing as well, but uh, my focus is more on MMA, and some guys are more on kickboxing. So it's yeah. MMA DNA, but we're doing pretty much both. Good stuff, man. Yeah, whenever I go to uh, that part of the world, I definitely hit you up. I still need to go to uh, Netherlands one day. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to go, man. I think the uh, the shops will be a lot of fun for me. But uh, you know, as far as like the business goes, like what like what's your goal in it, Marcel? Like, because I think you're one of those guys that the last few years, like I've really noticed you, and I've been in the business for like a while now, and I think that you've got like a really nice following now. From like, um, you know, you haven't been in the game that long, like what, like five years maybe. So I think you're doing like a really great job. Like, what's your goal in the business? Uh, Pretty much, my, my my ultimate goal would be to 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 can can get this my work. You know, that's the ultimate goal. Obviously, you know. I mean, uh, I but I think it's it's really uh, how do you say that? It's really hard to get uh, get a job in this one. And even even here in the Netherlands, man. I mean, it's not that popular at all yet. Kickboxing is more popular, and uh, it's uh, it's just hard, man. It's just, but I mean, like if you like something, go for it. Work hard and. Uh, yeah, see where, where things are going, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Dude, I've been in business for 10 years, and it's still a grind every day. Every day is a grind. But, you know, I really enjoy it, man, because I love the sport, right? So, like, how long have you been a fan for, Marcel? Um, I actually started watching K1 kickboxing, okay, and that's, that's in the 2000s, 2002, 2003. And then at a certain moment, like, there was, a, I think there was a, a fight on a K1 show that was Frank Shamrock against Elvis Sinisic. Yep, yep. That wasn't... Yeah, there was an MMA fight, so that's pretty much where I first really came in touch with MMA. And uh, then I was at the store and I saw a UFC 63 BJ Penn Matt Hughes DVD. I bought that one, and from that on, I the first one I, I followed live, I think, was UFC 87. That was the GSP Fitch one, yep. Yep. Lesnar Herring, John Jones, Andre Guzmao. So, yep. yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, Minnesota. That was a good card. Um, actually, the Chris Chris Taylor at BJ Penn. He told me that was the first time he met BJ. I believe. I think he said okay. he, he was training in that area during that event, 
he was training with Sean Shirk there, and he said he met BJ there. So uh, definitely some good memories there because that's kind of like where both you guys were born from. So that's great, man. All right, so like I said, I got you on to talk about UFC on uh, ESPN 12. We'll talk about some news after Fire Island. The pictures just came out pretty cool. And uh, obviously I, I saw your uh, your tweet like last night about the uh, Paige Van Zandt odds, which, by the way, I talked about like two weeks ago, Marcel, and I was, you know, I told you like you can swear if you want. Like I was going crazy too on that, so uh, don't <laughs> respect there. We'll talk about that later in some other odds. But like I said, let's start with UFC and ESPN twelve. Man, great card, great card. You know, like the cards have been so good. Like you got to, and here's the thing, Marcel. Like you got to give it up to the UFC for giving these guys the opportunity. They're putting on the show. They have the production, but it's all the fighters, man. Like you got to give it up to like the ninety nine percent of the fighters right now are fighting their asses off. The fights have been incredible to watch. Like before we get like into the card individually, like just overall thoughts on the last few like two months, I say of UFC. Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, we see very competitive and fun matchups. I think, man, and uh, I know Dana doesn't want to hear about the smaller cases. Definitely, definitely oh. a factor of that as well. You oh. know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, great cards. I think, I think you. Also, I mean, there was a lot of uh, complaining about the June 13 card with uh, Jessica I against Calvillo, but you can't really complain right now, man. UFC putting up cards when other promotions don't, you know. We should be happy we have these fights, and there was a fun card. I mean, what what is the last time we had the first three fights done in two minutes? I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you know, like, the main event was the problem with that card because, honestly, it wasn't a main event-worthy fight. And I like Cynthia Calvillo a lot. I picked her to win the fight. She looked great in the fight. I think she should fight for the belt. But to me, that's not a main event caliber fight. But, again, I talked about that a few weeks ago. Let's get to uh, last night, or Saturday night's card, I should say. Again, great card. Awesome card, man, from top to bottom. Some really nice finishes. And we'll start with the top and work our way down, Marcel. That's how we do it here. Man, main event, one of the best fights I've ever seen. Uh, I've already watched it twice. Such a good fight. Dustin Poirier defeats Dan Hooker via unanimous decision, 48-47, 48-47, 48-46. I don't know about that scorecard, but you know what? I do agree with Poirier winning the fight. I did have him winning the fight. Uh, man, but seriously, one of the best fights I've ever seen. I'm watching it. Marcel, when I'm watching this fight, it's like it reminded me of when I watched uh, Dan Harrison and Shogun. Like I got that um, like that buzz in my arms feeling like, uh, oh, my God, I'm watching history right now because I felt like it was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Back and forth brawl. First couple rounds before they, they kind of got tired. I wouldn't say gas by any means, but they got tired a little bit. But the first few rounds, especially that second round, was like just action-packed, a slugfest. Man, these guys were just trading shots, blow and blow. Great fight, amazing fight. Uh, just th uh, thoughts on this fight itself. I'll, I'll talk about the fight of the year discussion in a sec, but give me your thoughts on the fight, on the performances of both Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, it's an amazing fight, man. That's actually exactly what people expected uh, when this fight uh, was materialized, you know. I mean, uh, Hooker, Hooker did great as well. He, he lost to Poirier, but there was a great fight. I mean, to have a great fight, you have to have two great uh, fighters in, in there. And uh, they showed it. Amazing fight. Can't say anything else. I think uh, Poirier uh, deserved to win that one. But uh, definitely, man, Hooker uh, showed uh, he, he did very well. I, I can't say anything else. Oh, I agree. I mean, his durability is like through the roof. He's actually got two fight of the year candidates right now. The fight of Paul Felder was sick too. So, I mean, he's got two amazing fights in a row. And Poirier, okay, let's talk about both guys right now. Dustin Poirier, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, 100%. And I'll tell you why. You look at his resume, Marcel, his resume is incredible. Like two wins over Max Holloway. Uh, Justin Gaethje knocked him out. Eddie Alvarez knocked him out. Submitted Anthony Pettis. Now he beats Dan Hooker. That's a good win. Jim Miller, he's beaten. He's beating guys like, you know, Diego Ferrer and Bobby Green. So he's got some amazing wins. 
Um, he does obviously have some losses like the Conor McGregor loss and Michael Johnson and stuff. But overall, Marcel, like I really think he's on track for the Hall of Fame. As far as what's next for him, I really like this fight of Tony Ferguson. It's what I thought about immediately because he's the next guy above him. I don't think Conor's going to fight Dustin Poirier again. It's not a big enough fight for him. For a fan, I would love to see that fight a second time. I think it'd be a big fight right now. First time as a featherweight, I think Corey has shown he's uh, got a lot more durability at lightweight, but I don't think Connor comes back for that fight. So I think you look at the rankings. I think the Ferguson fight makes a lot of sense. Give me your thoughts on that fight. Give me your thoughts on Dustin Poirier being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Dustin Poirier being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I agree with you on to to give some extra to it. Dustin Poirier does amazing work in charity as well, and I think the UFC really appreciates those kind of things. He even got uh, an award to Forrest Griffin uh, yep. uh, award, so that already uh, sets an extra thing for him that uh, that he might be in it. I think uh, later. I agree with you. The Ferguson fight is the fight uh, that should happen right now. I mean, uh, Poirier. Uh, lost, lost against Khabib, uh, great fight against Hooker, Ferguson lost against Gaethje. One of those two should be, should be, uh, those two should be fighting and maybe the winner can uh, fight Khabib, although we know Dana won't Conor McGregor fight Khabib if Khabib wins or if Justin Gaethje wins, he wants Gaethje against Conor. So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I think the winner of Poirier Ferguson uh, should be next in line. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think they should do that fight. Like I said, just that has fight of the year over written all over it as well. Ferguson, he is coming off a loss to Gaethje, but again, uh, Marcel, one of the best fights of the year. And you know what? Uh, he did show you know some holes in his game in that fight compared to some other fights. But I still feel like uh, Tony Ferguson can bounce back. I feel like he kind of got a raw deal there because he was training for like a, a, a grappling heavy fighter gets switched to a pure striker basically in Gaethje. I mean, no, I know he is wrestling. He never uses it though. He's basically a striker. So it's a completely different matchup. So I feel like Ferguson is still a guy that could win the belt too. So I think that fight for you makes a lot of sense. That's what I'd like to see. You know, as far as Dan Hooker goes, man, he took a lot of damage in this fight. Both guys did. They're, they're both going to be out for a while. I don't, maybe Poirier fights in like December or something before the end of the year. I think he'll be out for a little while, Marcel, so probably like five or six months. Um, Hooker, I think the same, coming off two wars now with Felder and Poirier. Uh, you know, as far as what's next for Dan Hooker, a lot of people are kind of looking at some of these matchups in the top 10. Guys like uh, Charles Oliveira, um, potentially a rematch with Dan, uh, Paul Felder if he wants to come back. Um, Kevin Lee is another fight, Ally Quintus. So he's already beaten him, I guess. But yeah, I mean, any of those fights, I guess, makes sense. But I feel like maybe he could wait for the loser of Gaethje and Habib. I don't think he, Habib would fight him, but maybe if Gaethje loses that fight, they could do Gaethje versus Dan Hooker. That'd be a fun fight too, right? So what do you think about that for Dan Hooker? Yeah, I agree with, with you. I think that's a great fight. Although I, I really like the Hooker-Olivera fight for some reason. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think Oliveira deserves a chance to uh, to fight a, a, a higher ranked opponent at this moment uh, it's time again for him i mean this last loss was against paul felder i think in a fight he looked good until uh, felder uh, turned it around and uh, he, he took him out um yeah i i think Oliveira should fight hooker but i don't know if hooker really uh, really wants that fight or rather waits like you said for uh, the loser of khabib against gaethje which yeah. would make sense as well so yeah, yeah. or even um uh, Ferguson too could you could fight him you know so like you could do Poirier against Ferguson or you could do Hooker against Ferguson both worked for me uh, but yeah I mean Oliver you mentioned obviously he didn't fight this weekend but he had a good performance against Kevin Lee great performance yeah. I was at UFC record book today I mean he's number one in submissions 14 I think he's probably with Anderson right now for most stoppages I think 16 if I'm mistaken so he's gonna he's a guy that could be at the end of his career the most submissions the most finishes in UFC history another guy that 
I mean, it's crazy to think about, but you could see Charles Oliveira in the Hall of Fame 10 years from now if he keeps putting all these fights. It's crazy, right? Let's get some comments here. Daniel Edwards, what's going on, man? The lightweight division is a matchmaker's dream. It's a fan's dream. I'm, I know Marcel's been enjoying the fights. It's it's a wet dream for me, man. I mean, these fights have been sick. Like, are you kidding me? Every weekend, Marcel, we're getting an amazing fight, especially in this division. This division is – I've always thought that 170 and 155 were the best divisions. I think 155 is the best division. Uh, 145 is great, 135 too, but I think 155 has always been one of the best ones. Here's another comment from Marcus Williams. Marcus, what's up, man? Every UFC event from Jacksonville to Hooker versus Poirier has been good. I'd like to see Poirier Ferguson, but I don't think Ferguson will wait for Poirier to get healed up. Yeah, he might want to fight again soon because obviously he has a lot of unfinished business after getting knocked out by Gaethje. But I mean, if, even if Ferguson has to wait a few months, I think that's okay too. All right, let's get to uh, – actually, sorry. So I want to talk about fight of the year first. Uh, is it your number one or do you still have Weebly Zhang and Yohana Yonjicek number one? I think Zhang against Yonjicek is still number one because right. – um, that 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 was such a crazy, crazy fight, man. This was a crazy fight as well. But I feel like uh, there was there was more on the line on that in that fight. It was for a title, uh, five rounds, banging, uh, keep keep going. Uh, I felt like you said they were in gas, Poirier and Hooker, but it, it slowed down at the fourth and fifth round, which didn't happen at Zhang against Joanna. And uh, I was pretty surprised that many people were like. Uh, hooker against uh, Proye is now fight of the year so far. I think, I think it's uh, it's still Joanna against uh, Wei Li, and I think Hooker Proye is it's number two on on my list at this moment. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Joanna and uh, Zhang. I, at this point, I mean, I think it's probably still number one in my mind because I remember watching it and I was like blown away. I mean, this fight it's the best women's fight ever. I, I think you know, yeah. I, I know Cyborg and Nunes was like one minute, but that must have been the best minute ever. But yeah, I think the best fight probably like women's fight ever, but I still feel like it's one of the best fights in general. Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch that fight at some point like, to make my official pick, but I feel like, like it's hard to say because I think Poirier and Hooker, someone made this point on my Twitter, they said it's mixed martial arts. It was a better mixed martial arts fight because you did go to the ground. You did have the submission attempts from Poirier on that really tight guillotine at one point. So, I mean, I, I could see that argument too, but I think that, you know, the, like you said, with the title on the line, those two women just – basically beating the shit out of each other for 25 minutes. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that before. So, you know, both fights I think are amazing. And, you know, Marcel, I tweeted like after the fight, I said, Dana White can buy so much goodwill right now by saying this was the best fight, one of the best fights of the year. I'm giving these guys an extra 100000 each. Like, why Why not? Why not do that? Everyone would be happy. The fighters, the fans, the media. Like, it, it's so easy, Marcel. Don't you think? Yeah, man. I mean, even if you do that, then maybe other guys next time think like, oh, my God, if we're doing this as well, we maybe also get 100K extra, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> really it's change for Dana. It's not even a lot of money for Dana White in the UFC. Uh, he wasn't even there for this fight, man, which is kind of unfortunate. He was in Abu Dhabi. We'll talk about that later, the, the uh, pictures he posted. But it's disappointing he wasn't there because I don't think he got to see it like the way probably everyone else did. So, I mean, maybe he did watch it like from his hotel, I guess, there. But... You know, I, I, he obviously is one of those guys that wants to be in the arena for the fight. Anyways, let's get through the rest of this card here. Uh, like I said, great card. You know, next up we had Mike Perry defeat Mickey Gall. Um, I mean, it was a pretty good performance by Mike Perry, I think. You know, he showed a different element to his game because he took the fight to the ground a few times. He had Mickey Gall in some bad spots with the rear naked choke. Wasn't able to get the finish, but still a pretty good performance. I, I still think this guy needs a real training camp. Like, the warm-up with the pad holding with his girlfriend, like, that was pretty embarrassing to watch. I was like, really? It's funny, right? Like, he's a funny guy. Like, he's got a good personality. But this is, like, the highest level of MMA. And 
when you have like there's no actual cornerman, just your girlfriend saying, you know, good job. That's all she said in the corner. Marcel, no technical advice, nothing like that. Like, I mean, this guy is a good fighter. I think he could take us to the next level. He needs to fight the right, find the right gym. Give me your thoughts on Mike Perry. Yeah, he, he did look uh, pr pretty well, I think, in the case. Uh, th three rounds. Uh, I think he won all three. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a good performance, man. I mean, uh, yeah. many people were like, he will probably have the advantage in the standing and uh, Mickey will have the advantage on the ground. But he was better on the ground, ground and standing both, I think. I think Gall didn't do bad in the standing. For I think Gall uh, definitely approved in a stand-up uh, fight. But Perry was the better fighter overall. And, uh, yeah, yeah he, he said he wants to train now with jo Joel Romero. Oh, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, why not? But uh, he, he wants Darren Till next. Not going to happen, obviously. But um, yeah. I, I hope they match him up with Nico Price. That's the fight I want to see. That's the fight I wanted to see before this fight already. And that, that's a banger, man. I mean, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a good fight. Nico Price, that, that fight, that fight's the one I was thinking about. What do you think about that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, amazing fight, man. I mean, Nico Price always comes for the kill. Mike Perry comes always for the kill. So that 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 can be boring, man, I think. Um, and Nico Nico is also, I think Nico is underrated on the ground. Mike showed his ground game against Gall, which is a, 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 a Gracie black belt, I think, Mickey Gall. So, I mean fun fight overall man that has fight of the night uh all over it so yeah i'm definitely for it yeah and like i said uh mike perry i think looked like just more improved everywhere i, I agree with you 30 27 i don't know how everyone gave him the first round call i i thought perry won that round too um for mickey gall i mean this drops his record to i think it's five and three now in the ufc it's not i mean listen this guy's been learning on the job man he had one fight outside the ufc marcel before he was signed so He's been a guy that's been like basically, you know, a UFC fighter from the start. Uh, they found him on Dana White's uh, looking for a fight. And he's got some decent wins in his career. I mean, like, say, George Cut, it's not a bad win. You know, George Sullivan, these are okay wins. But the guy, I don't know if he's like really like a high level fighter, you know? So I think Mickey Gall's got like a lot of work to do. But I think he'll stick around in the UFC for a while. They seem to like him. All right, let's get to the next fight here. Uh, oh, man, this was crazy. Maurice Green against John Vellante. So I actually picked John Vellante, Marcel. And then I saw him at the weigh-ins, and I was like, "Holy crap! Looks like he's been eating Burger King every night for dinner." Oh my god, man! And I still, I stuck with my pick. And you know what, Marcel? I know those scorecards had Green actually up going to that third round. I thought it was tied, and I thought he was going. Uh, John Valente was on pace for a 10-8 round in the third round because he had dropped Maurice Green, was ground and pounding him. But eventually, Marcel, the 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 gut wore on him. He got really tired and got submitted with an arm triangle from the bottom by Maurice Green, which is just insane to me. Like. You don't see that submission very often, especially uh, from a heavyweight. Also, I got to say, you know, for the commentators not to know that submission, I mean, what are they paying them for? You know, and I, I heard Josh Thompson in his podcast was saying the same thing. And he was like, and John McCarthy was saying, like, they knew what it was. Like, I did too. I mean, I'm watching it. And I'm like, Dominic Cruz is saying he's never seen this submission before. What's he talking about, man? We've seen, we actually have seen arm triangles from the bottom before in the UFC. It's rare. Anyways, Marcel, you know, like these, I think they do a good job overall, but now, Cruz is a guy that I don't think is the best commentator personally. And for me, you know, you got to know that submission if you're going to be a professional commentator for the UFC, you know, especially you're, you know, a champion fighter. Anyways, as far as the sub goes, it was crazy. So give me your thoughts on this fight because I thought Volante was on pace to win the fight before the submission. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right, man. I think I I scored green the first two rounds, ten nine, and then Volante, if he if he kept going through, he would have had the ten eight and would have been a draw, or maybe he could have finished him. But he was so exhausted, uh, he he rested on green, and green got the arm triangle, man. It was crazy. I agree with you, man. The commentators should have should have known that, but. Um, 
yeah, I don't know, man. I think even Green was uh, was like, uh, hey, that 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 I can do that pretty easy from this position, man. What the hell? And then he took it. So uh, yeah, good for Green. He was on a two fight losing skit, now winning. So, uh, but Vilante, man, I mean, uh, what what's gonna happen with him now? Because I don't know. What what do you think? For, with who? Vilante with John Vilante. Yeah, you know, I, I think. Um... I mean, honestly, he probably gets another fight in the UFC at this point. Yeah. I, I think it. I don't think it was that bad of a fight. I thought he looked okay in the fight. He wasn't in shape though, Marcel. He was like me or you fighting in the cage. Honestly, like it didn't look like a. It looked like more of a fan or a journalist fighting rather than a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Like this. He, like I know he weighed the same as Green, but you could tell the difference in physique. Green was just stronger, and Green had better cardio. Um, for Volante, I would like to see him fight again in the UFC. I think he is. Like a barely a UFC caliber fighter, but I think he is UFC caliber. Marcel, he does have some good wins in his career. I mean, it's not like this guy's a total scrub. You know, you beat Corey Anderson, knocked him out. He's got some other wins like uh, Ed Herman and uh, Sean O'Connell, who won the million dollars. So he has some okay wins, but he's kind of you know he's trying to turn into a punching bag. I think to me, some of the last few fights, it's unfortunate because he trains with Weidman, obviously, but it, it feels like both those guys, man, have just too, taken too much damage or something. Um, so I'd like to see him stick around, Marcel, but I think. PFL, if you ever sign there, I think he'd you know be a candidate to win that million uh, potentially, and also Bellator would be a good home for him too because he'd fight lesser guys. What do you think? I agree, man. But but I'm also like give him another fight, get Cyril Oscar and get uh, Judges Daniel in that cage with him. You know, I mean those guys who never who only fight once in two years. And uh, let's see what he does. And if he loses to them, yeah, then it's probably over. But uh, yeah, I, I mean. The PFL, uh, the the heavyweight division, he he can do pretty well there, I think. So that that would be a good good fit for him. The Bellator, I don't know, man, because then uh, you have to go to Ryan Bader, and I don't really see him beating Ryan Bader to be Ryan Bader at any point. Um, <laughs> I think there are some fights like Matt Mitrium versus John Vellante, two former yeah. football players. That'd be a fun fight, you know, something like that. But you may, uh, I think PFL makes a lot of sense because you think about it. Philippe Linz, who's not very good, he yeah. won million dollars and he looked amazing, right? So we'll talk about him in a minute. But yeah, I think Volante could go there. But also, like I said, I, I think he should get another fight in the UFC. You know, for Green, quickly for him, I don't think it was his best performance. I think he's had better performances, but he did get the win. Um, and he, it changes his life, according to him. He said he really needed this win. He's going to move his family now. He couldn't even do the interview, man, with John Anna because he was crying so much. And you know what? you got to love to see that. But at the same time, Marcel, man, it's every card. There's a guy saying, like, he's broke as fuck and doesn't make money it's sad to watch honestly yeah i agree man yeah it's crazy man like they got to pay the fires more honestly it's ridiculous like imagine you're watching uh baseball and like i hits a home run and starts crying says he needs the money you know it's it's so bad it's terrible seriously they really <laughs> i feel like we're on the verge of reform and fighter pay but then again I, I feel like we're not at the same time it's it feels like there's momentum but i don't know let's get some comments here john hey what's going on man daniel Dana is on fire island drinking my ties, not a worry in the world. Yeah, no, he's he's having a good time there. He says Perry versus Michelle. Um, who is Michelle? Is it Michelle Perseris? Like who is that? Pereira, I think. Oh, Michelle Pereira. Oh shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'd watch that fight. That sounds <laughs> that's a good fight. Even honestly, like he hasn't fought Diego yet, right? Like that they could do that fight. Perry Diego Sanchez. Like, yeah. They fight yet? That'd be. <laughs> I'd watch that. The corner would be fun. <laughs> I mean, anything. Perry's a fun guy to watch, man. I gotta be honest. Like I don't I don't love his stick all the time. The thing with the girlfriend's stupid, but he's like not bad to watch. It's fun. Daniel Edwards, what's going on, man? To be fair, Dane is generous with the bonuses. Maybe they're underpaid, but still wouldn't be surprised if there's 50K each to both. You know, listen, the fact they get bonuses is good, but honestly, if you look back, 
Marcel. There's events like from you know 10 years ago where they were actually giving 100,000. They never do that anymore. Like UFC 100, even like UFC, uh, like a bunch of those cards actually. Some days they give out 60,000 or 100. The GSP Koshchek fight got 100,000 and it wasn't even a good fight. And Brian Abosso. Sorry, go ahead. Brian Abosso got that trot of the TV. That was also a really big bonus check. I don't know, was that 80,000 or something? I don't know. I can't think about it. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the bonuses should go up now. You know, it, it's 2020. They should, it should be 100K. And I also feel like, so many fighters are getting screwed because the fights have been so good, especially in that small cage. There's so many good performances not getting rewarded right now. I, I've always said this. I've said this for like five or six years probably. They should just give an extra bonus for finishing. And, you know, some people are like, oh, that's encouraging violence. Like, what the hell are you watching? Is that a good <laughs> I hate when people say that. It's so stupid. Who say that? Who say that? <laughs> say that? They're like, oh, you don't want to encourage them to, like, have more violence. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I feel like you just gave an extra – like, if you finish your fight, you get an extra 10K. That'd be nice for right why not that's nothing that's nothing for the ufc mm -hmm. some uh, comments here eduardo flores any have okay we'll talk about that later eduardo um that question with dana white's contender series that's a good question to ask all right let's get to the next fight here brandon allen kyle Dawkins. i mean this fight was sick and this fight was on pace to be fighting the night before the main event great fight love this fight marcel because it was a true mixed martial arts fight standing and on the ground my god kyle Dawkins, man that knee he took i think it was the first round marcel i don't know how he survived that the guy's super durable he really did, to me, look like a contender in this division in his first fight in the UFC. Even though he lost, I was really impressed by this guy. Great durability, great ground game. But Brendan Allen's the guy to watch out for, man. I mean, this guy, Marcel, he keeps winning fights. He could be a contender by, before the end of this, this year or next year. I saw that he has some, I think, broken overall bone, so he'll be out for a while. His manager said he might return at 205, which I found kind of bizarre. Uh, I feel like he should stay 185. Maybe the weight cut's tough for him. I don't know. He did gas kind of in that third round, so... Maybe it's a tough weight cut. Maybe 205 is a better spot. But either way, I mean, Brendan Allen and Kyle Duck is both – I think they're both really good young fighters, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, when this fight uh, was materialized, I think uh, Dawkins was a short-notice replacement. I, I hated and loved the fight at the say, same time, you know, because uh, Dawkins, I mean, he, he pretty much deserved to get in the UFC from the Dana White Contender Series, in my opinion. And now, uh, now he, he went – he had to go to it against Brandon Allen. Um, yeah, great fight, I think, man. I mean, uh, Allen did very well in the first two rounds. Third round was Darkus, I think. Um, 30-27, that yeah. judge. I, I, I had a 29-20. I don't even think it should have been 29-27 either. 29-28, I think Allen won the first two rounds. But, like I said, I'm high on this guy. I still feel like that Ian Heinish fight, man. Like, there, there's some bad blood there between those two guys. Yeah. Well, if he stays at 185, that, that's the fight. I, like I said, I found it bizarre. His manager said, you know, 205. And I was talking to Cole, who does the show with me on uh, the breakdown show here. And he was like, oh, this makes sense. And I was like, Cole, how does it make sense, though? Because he said, you know, guys take short notice fights all the time to make extra money. I said, yeah, but this guy's not like a veteran who's desperate for money. He's an up and coming guy in the, as a contender, I think. So I guess there is an argument to be made that he could just take a short notice fight. But I think 185, if he can make the weight, Marcel, he could be a dangerous guy in this weight class. Like, you could have got like Brad Tavares. I think if Brandon Allen fights Brad Tavares, who I believe is ranked number 12 for some reason, I don't know why, he hasn't fought in forever. I think that Brandon Allen wins that fight and probably finishes Brad Tavares. So, you know, to me, he's the top 15 guy, even though he doesn't have a ranking next to him right now. Um, let's get some comments here. Eduardo says, great show, guys. Much appreciated. No problem, man. We love doing it. And Marcel makes the show better. Daniel Edwards, UFC underpay across the board. So does boxing if you observe the undercards. Business harsh. Fighters need to communize. It's like fans and journalists care more about it. It's true. It is that part's true. I think the fighters, they're just scared, man. They, if they speak out, like there's guys like Curtis Blades, we'll talk about him later. 
he doesn't care. He's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to speak out. But there's a lot of people that are kind of afraid to speak out. I think you need the fans in the media to speak up about it, but it feels like nothing's changing. Um, you know, at the same time though, we're journalists, right? We're underpaid too. No one's like out there banging on the door saying, you know, pay these guys more. I'd love for someone to say that about me, but I, I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the fighters. That's why I'm always pro fighter, Marcel. Like I'm always pro fighter. It's never about the promotion for me. UFC is great promotion, but it's not about them, man. It's just three letters, really. It's the fighters, right? Yeah, I said the same, man. I mean, uh, I see sometimes people going uh, crazy and defending the UFC. And I was like, people are always like, why are you so pro fighter and not defending the UFC? Listen, man, I'm not on the payroll of the UFC, so I don't have to I don't have to defend them. And I'm just saying what I think is right. So that's pretty much it. And I think the fighters deserve more money. I agree 100%. Uh, fresh breath of MMA. I like that name for the podcast, man. Great stuff. Keep it up. Come check us out. Very cool logo. Good name for the show. And I appreciate the compliment, man. Uh, we missed this from Kenshiro. What's going on? I want Mario Yamasaki back. We're brutal, the better. Dana White said he's never coming back to the UFC. There's a lot of guys that have been like blackballed that. Steve Mazzagotti, Kim Winslow, they've never refed again in a long time. So, uh, yeah. Mazzagotti became, became a timekeeper sometime, right? That. Is that true? Is, is he act that's yeah. He's doing boxing now, right? Is that is that correct? I think he's doing. I, I don't know, but last time I saw him in, in the UFC with that uh, uh, black and white striped. Uh, that's probably better for you. I gotta be honest, man. Roughing in MMA is a is a thankless job. You know, fans, media always rip you, the fires rip you. It is one of the hardest jobs in pro sports. Like the the it's just like a margin of error is like it's so thin in, in refing from a knockout to an early stoppage to a late stoppage. Very tough job, thankless job. Uh Mar Marcus asked about who should Mike Perry fight next. We gave some options already. Um Nico Price and uh John said Michelle Pahea. I said Diego Sanchez. Uh Marcel said, I think you said the loser of Luque and Brown, right? Is that the fight you said? No, Nico Price, man. Oh, you said Nico Price too. Sorry, man. I think, but like the fight I just said, I, all three of those, I feel like they're on the same spot. I think that's why my head's going there. Um, the, the loser of Brown and Luque, I think, makes sense too. That's a great fight too. So, Or even the winner of that fight, why not, right? Although Luque should probably get a bigger guy. Um, but I feel like all those guys are kind of lumped in the same spot, Marcel. They're all in like that 15 to 20 range. All action fighters. Don't know if they win the belt. Robert DePelli, I know he says uh, Bilal Muhammad, Lyman Good, Takashi Sato, all those fights are good too. And sure, I'm not pro fighter because those crybabies don't want to see them get KO'd. I mean, listen, dude, we are watching for entertainment, but like if without the fighters, we wouldn't have anything to watch. All right, uh, next fight. Yeah, Sato, who you just mentioned, knocks out Jason Witt. Not much to say about this one. I mean, 48 seconds, but Jason Witt took it on like 24 hours notice. And the fight was like kind of iffy until like the last minute. So, you know, he'll get another fight in the UFC. He got his 10K show money he's in the ufc now but i think this was a pretty good performance myself but i expected and then opening up the main card catchweight fight huge upset here julian arosa he was a plus 400 underdog marcel no one was picking him to win this fight i wasn't picking him i thought sean woodson would kind of win decision which i think he was on pace for and yeah. then at the end got submitted i mean it was an amazing submission arosa wins a bonus here amazing performance and this guy needed it man because he had been one in four in the ufc so he really needed this win give me your thoughts on julian arosa pulling off the upset yeah surprising to me as well man i thought uh, woodson would uh, pretty much outbox him which i think he did in the first two rounds but arosa came back man very good his last win in the ufc was against uh was his debut against martin brosak and there was a split decision i think so yeah uh it was a third stand in the ufc and uh the the best start so far in the uh, in the UFC for him. That's let's say the, the comeback. So um, yeah, yeah we say Woodson first loss. Uh, I think pretty bitter for him, but uh, he will be back. He's just kind of a weird guy, man. Honestly, his his shape is so awkward. Like he has no muscle in his in his midsection. I think once Arosa started going to the body, that changed the fight. 
um, once Arosa started pressuring, moving forward, throwing hooks to the body, he started, Winston started like kind of uh, altering. So I, I think that uh, this guy, I don't know what he's going to do, but maybe move up to 155 permanently, put on some muscle, or he just chooses to be a huge, tall featherweight. But I don't know, man. Like, honestly, even if you look at the contender series fight against Terrence McKinney, I, I'm pretty sure he was losing that fight up until he got that flying knee knockout. So uh, I remember watching that fight thinking, like, this. I don't know if this guy's UFC caliber. He had a great performance against Bokniak. He's yeah. a tough dude. That's why I thought he'd win this fight. But to me, this is a guy that – I don't know, uh, Marcel, but it's like – it reminds me of, like, George Roop or Corey Hill, like these tall, skinny guys that they don't have the greatest durability. So I don't know what this guy's going to do. Uh, Ken Shiro says, it's proof if you're tall and lanky, you're going to get your neck choked out. That's the other thing. He's got that huge neck. Daniel Edwards, Arosa's an inspiration. Never thought I'd see him back, let alone win. And he did it on, like, three days' notice. So, I mean, it was pretty impressive. Ken Shiro says – uh, they ain't fighting for us. Uh, wait, they ain't fighting. They are useless to us fans. Less crying with money. Just go KO someone like Oscar. Make yourself a draw. I mean, like, I, listen, I understand. You're kind of a different guy than us, uh, Ken Shiro, I think. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's always good to have different opinions. But Ken Shiro's more about, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that just wants blood, which is fine. He's a Just Believe fan, right? That's fine. But I feel like these fighters deserve a lot more money. Anyways, we'll talk about that uh, another time. Oh, he's talking about Luis Pena. Actually, I think that's the next fight. So, yeah, Luis Pena gets submitted in the third round. Another big upset. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, I thought Comet Worthy had a chance to win this fight for sure. I, I thought it was closer than the betting odds suggested. Um, but Pena, I thought, was probably on pace to win the fight before the submission. So that was a great submission for Comet Worthy. He's pretty underrated too, Marcel. Now he's got two wins in the UFC, uh, Devontae Smith and Luis Pena. I think this guy's ready for a step up. I think he's on a seven-fight win streak right now. Uh, give me your thoughts on this fight. Yeah, I picked Worthy via knockout, actually, man. So I was surprised he won via submission. Uh, was born one going into the third. I think Worthy did very well in the first round. Second round was clearly for Pena with the control on the ground. But Pena, <coughs> excuse me, Pena never does a lot with his control on the ground, in my opinion. Um, Worthy did very well. I don't want to be um, shitting on somebody, but I think Pena gets a little bit too much hype from the UFC, in my opinion. Uh, he's a very fun fighter to watch, definitely. But uh, and he has he has to he's the character, you know, violent butt Ross uh, yeah. hair and and stuff. But man, I mean, I don't know, man. I I I'd like to see him. Uh, um, maybe get a, a little bit of an an easier matchup next because I think uh, if they don't do that, he might lose, lose again and the, the hype is completely gone pretty much. And Kamawardi, like you said, uh, I actually like they maybe rebooking the Michael Johnson fight, man. Okay, yeah, that's a fun. I was thinking about that fight too, you know. Uh, that would have been a good fight. Two guys are going to stand and strike probably. You know, as far as Pena goes, he's only 26, man, so he's still very young. He has experience now, 4-3 and three record. For me, I look back at that Matt Wyman fight last year and the way he beat the hell out of Matt Wyman, that was really impressive to me. So I think this guy's not bad, but he obviously has holes in this game. So to me, he's a UFC caliber guy, but he's not like an elite guy. Um, and Worthy, I think, he should, you know, he's on the track, I think, at this point, if he gets one or two more wins to fight a top 15 guy. But of course, he's got to get a win here in his next fight. And like you said, Michael Johnson, that's a veteran name to that fight. They, already, they had that fight booked for 249 before the fight was canceled. Ken Schurer says he's a beast. I know this. I do. Uh, Robert says, Payne, you're inter interesting personality, but overrated fighter. I think some people would agree with you on that. Kinshura says he had karma worthy in his parlay. Uh, Robert says, worthy, looking good. Someone with a little buzz for him next. Yeah. Like Marcel said, that was a good fight. Um, ne next fight on the card, uh, Tanner Boser defeats Philly Blinn's first round knockout. I thought he deserves a $50,000 bonus. I personally would have given it to him. I thought it was a really nice knockout. Uh, super accurate punches, man. It's like he landed every punch in that combo. Uh, so Philly Blinn's now 0 2 in the UFC in like two months. 
former PFL champ. I don't know if he gets another fight because he didn't look very good in this fight. For Boser, great win. Give me your thoughts on this fight, and do you think Boser should have won that 50K? Um, yeah, definitely Boser should have won that 50K, I think, man. I mean, that, that back fist, that falling back fist, that was, that was crazy, man. I mean, uh, a yeah. very, very good win for him, man. Um, I think um, Lins... I don't know, man. I think Lins is uh, is managed by Ali, so I think uh, we, we will see Lins back definitely for a third time. I mean, uh, I I wonder against who, honestly, man. I don't know who they're gonna give him. Maybe, maybe John Vellante. Okay. You know? Why not do that fight? I'd watch yeah. the loser goes to Bellator, <laughs> back to Bellator. I'd watch that fight. I mean, that makes sense. Or the loser go back to PFL. Makes sense. It's like that's like the the lowest guy in the division. You have to like not everyone could be an elite guy, man. You still have to have guys that you know are gatekeepers and journeymen. So that play mm -hmm. makes sense. And you know, got like, I'm looking at the the division right now. Marcel, guys like uh, Ben Sassoli, guys like that. I think they could beat him too. So we'll see what happens there. All right, next fight. There's two fights left here. Kay Hansen, wow, nice submission there over Jin Frey. You know what, man? I gotta be honest. Okay, so I had heard good things about her, but the fact she's 20 years old and the fact that her record was six and three, maybe kind of like not know if she was actually going to look as good as people were saying in her debut. First round, I thought Frey won. The first round, second round, Hanson started changing her game plan, went for the takedown. It was smart. Third round, I thought Frey was winning the round up until she made a mistake and Hanson took her arm and tapped her off the arm bar. So you got to get up to Kay Hanson. She won 50K bonus. I don't know about that. I don't think I would have given it to her. Uh, it was a good performance, and it's going to help that girl because she's so young. It's going to help her really you know, start her career. But to me, I would have given it to Boser personally. I think Boser even saying he wanted it almost like hurt him. Like It feels like when the guys call for it, they don't get it. Marcel, it's like UFC's like, screw you. you know, Don't beg for money kind of. But yeah, Hanson gets it, and then she took that picture with the dude that bet 37000 on her to win 20000 I don't know why that guy made that bet. It's a crazy bet. Um Actually, uh, Ken Shore says that. Yeah, I saw the picture. I posted it on BJ. I mean, good for that dude, but like, why would you bet that much money on this kind of a fight? It's really weird. Uh, Ken Shiro, UFC should give out more 20K bonus. Yeah, 100%. 10 or 20K. But yeah, I think Hanson's got a bright future, man. What do you think about her? Yeah, she has, man. But, um, I mean, Jinju Frey, uh, she's actually – she's an atom weight, you know? Also, yeah, and she now fought, fought at the – there was a strawweight fight, right? So, I mean – she didn't make weight in the last in the last fight and Invicta and got stripped from the belt. But she's a, she's a former Invicta champion, a defending champion actually. So she this is a big win for Kay Hansen, man. I, I didn't expect it to be honest. Um, she finished it. I don't know about um, what we're gonna see now from Kay Hansen, man. She's now seven and three, I think. Um, let's see who they match her up with in the next fight. I mean, uh, it's hard to say because I think uh, Jinju Frey did very well in the first first round. She picked up punches perfectly. Second round went, like you said, to Kay Hansen. And the third round, I I, I, I had Hansen leading in the, in the third round. You had Frey. I think that was a kind of 50-50 thing. I didn't finish anyways, right? But I think she was slightly ahead. I think it would have been probably close on the cards. But yeah. I mean, she won the fight. So I'm looking at the division right now, Marcel. Yeah, you're right. I mean, right now she's I wouldn't say at the bottom of the division, but kind of is because, first off, there's not that many fighters in it. There's like maybe 30 fighters. It's not that big. Um, looking at the kind of bottom of the division, it's tough. It's like you could give her someone like, uh, I'm looking at these people like Luke Boonmi or like Jandaroba maybe, something like that. But Jandaroba is pretty good too. I mean, that's too much of a step up. Brianna Van Buren didn't look very good. I think she could probably beat her. Don't know if you want to match up two prospects. But, yeah, it's hard to say. They might sign someone to fight her too. They might just go to Invicta and sign someone else. You know, so I, thoughts? Any anyone you think of? No, 
I mean, for example, Frey, I would like to see a Lubunmi because Lubunmi is also. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, Frey, she's too small. You know, if they made 105, I don't think they will, though, Marcel. I don't think they'll make no finishes really. I don't think fans would like it that much. Kentura says can't and better learn low kicks. Yeah, she's got a lot to work on her stand up, but her ground game is lethal. Saw Ronda Rousey congratulate her. That's pretty cool for a young fighter. Yeah, we can do maybe a Hansen against uh, Ariane. Car What's that? Carnelosi? She lost to Angela Hill, right? Yeah. TKO Doctor Stoppage, I think. Um, yeah, you could do that fight. You know, like I said, I'm still in division right now. Anyone at the bottom of it, really. Uh, yeah, I think any of those fights make sense. Alexander Algu, something like that, possibly. I don't know what happened to her. She was kind of a good prospect for a while. And she said that we have thing that the UFC has her uh, listed like six and one, and everywhere else she is like three and one or three and two. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember her being like super strong, but she doesn't fight. All right, anyways, let's get to the last fight here, and we get to some news and questions. Yusuf Salal defeats Jordan Griffin 29-20 across the board. I like Salal, man. He's pretty good. Uh, good prospect. He's two known on the UFC in the uh, last couple of months. So this is a guy that I think has got a lot of potential. So uh, it's, it's the win here. I thought the scorecards were correct. What do you think about his performance? He was fighting well stand-up, but he wasn't fighting a smart fight, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Because when Jordan Griffin went for 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 the for the ground for the takedown, he could have stand up, but he kept being on the ground, and then Griffin reversed it or something. And I was like, "Dude, you're way better on the stand up. Keep the fight standing." And that's where it cost him one round at least, and it could have cost him a second round actually, which didn't because the striking was on point, and the judges scored that over the ground control in the ground game. But he wasn't fighting a small fight. He's still young, so uh, maybe you you can't blame him for that. But good win for him man jordan griffin is, is a solid fighter from rufus sports he's from factory x as well so uh yeah it was it was a fun fight to open the card i think and a uh, good win for Zala. yeah i agree with you on that all right let's get to some news now um fight island so it's starting in two weeks can't wait man it's gonna be fun Dana White posted some photos now i think people are, are under the assumption that's where the fight's gonna take place outside but I don't think that's the case, Marcel. I think that's for like promotional, like where they do the fighter workouts. So Dana White's posting and people are like, oh, they're going to fight in the sun, like in the hot sun. I don't think that's what's going to take place. I believe they they built an indoor thing that they're going to do the fight in. That's just for taking photos and stuff. Is that correct? That's what I think as well. I'm not pretty, I'm not 100% sure, by the way, but what makes sense? It's in the morning. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's bizarre. But anyways, I'm looking forward to it, man. Next month is going to be awesome. Uh, these cards, Marcel, coming up. I don't want to get too much into the fights, but you look at some of these fights, like Usman Burns. Uh, this is two weeks from now, and I'll do the preview show then. It's going to be sweet. Usman Burns, Okanovsky, Holloway, Yan, Aldo, but Andrade, Namajunas, Van Zandt, Rebus, and your boy uh, Yuri Prajatska against Volkan Uzdemir. So that fight's going to be sick, too. Great card. Looking forward to that. I mean, the whole fight, uh, month of fights is great. Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, Munoz, uh, Edgar, Figueredo, Benavides, too. Gaston, Hermanson, some big fights. Weighted Curtil, Shogun, Longlog, three. Uh, Verdum versus Gustafson, the heavyweight version of him. Maybe he'll look like John Volante. That fight, dude. Gustafson versus Volante in heavyweight. Yeah, it should be a good month of fights. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but like I said, I'll be breaking down those cards in a couple of weeks. Uh, next up on my list, I had Israel Adesanya and Paul Costa. Now, it, this has been rumored for a while, so it's not like it's come as a surprise, but Joe Rogan said it on his podcast now, saying that that's who the coaches are going to be. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. That's why they haven't been booked yet, I guess. Uh, you know, people are wondering where these guys are. They're going to coach Tough. Now, Tough was a great show, obviously, and I think it really went downhill. But who knows? And maybe they've 
really come up with some nice ideas for the show. It's possible, right, with ESPN now. So I'm kind of excited for it to return, Marcel. I don't know who the prospects are going to be. I think right now most of the top guys either get signed to the UFC or they fight on a contender series. So I don't know, like, are they going to do a veteran show? Are they going to do, a, like, a new prospect or a new division? I don't really know. But I am kind of looking forward to it, man. And I think that this is going to be, like, a, a fun show to watch. I think Adesanya and Costa, they're, they don't like each other, obviously. You know, this is such a great fight, Marcel, when it happens. They're two undefeated guys. You don't really see that that often fighting for the belt. So what do you think about them coaching tough? I think it will be a very weird thing, them to coaching tough, because Costa um, – doesn't uh, he, he talks trash sometimes, but he's not very uh, how do you say that? Uh, v- very good with, with the words in English, you know. And we know Adesanya is, so it's going to be pretty weird, I think. And uh, people keep asking me, Is this fight going to happen in August? No, because the if they're going to coach the ultimate fire, though, you probably see it not before October or November, maybe later. Maybe later. So, like, I think before the end of the year, they'll do the fight. Yeah. You know, Adesanya's been fighting a lot the last few years, so I think it's okay for him to take a small break here. Costa, though, hasn't fought in a year, I think, right, since the Yoel fight, if I'm not mistaken? So yeah. Last August, so it's been a while. But either way, I think that's a great fight. Um, let me get some questions from earlier. Uh, where was this one? Eduardo had this question. Is there a heavyweight to keep your eye on for the possible contender series uh, appearance? Marcel, you're more of the contender series guru than I am. Uh, is there anyone that uh, you have your eye on the heavyweight division? Actually, nobody, nobody can think of the top of my mind of, man, right now. A lot of these guys, uh, there's some guys like that fought last year on the show. They're, they're bringing back, which is good. Noah King's the guy to ask for that. You know, uh, Contender Series is great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But mm-hmm. with so many other fights in the UFC, it's so hard to keep track of Contender Series as well. When the fights come up, I'll, I'll break the fights down that week, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys more about that. He says, what are your thoughts on Arius FC heavyweight Omar Rugrug Kane? Rugrug, I think. Uh, I know you know a lot about this guy. I've heard some good things from uh, our guy Al Zulino at uh, BJPen.com. He said some good things about him. I don't have too much knowledge of this guy, but give me your thoughts on this dude. I know he's from Senegal. Uh, he he's that uh, he, he had that crazy debut in, in, at Aris where he uh, <laughs> suplexed that that uh, that dude uh, that fell in cage warriors. That's I think Sofian Bukishu. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that was pretty impressive, man. But uh, it's it's based on a uh, very strong man, heavy power at this moment, you know, he's still, he's still uh, just in this game. So it's hard to say, but yeah, he, he's, he's a prospect, you know, <laughs> if, if you can do that to Bukishu, who has uh, pretty more fights than him to his name. And that did pretty well uh, as, as far as I know. Um, yeah. We'll see what's going to happen, man. They have now signed uh, Juan Adams to uh, Aries as well. Uh, another heavyweight where I don't find a name at this moment right now, but yeah, let's see what's going to happen, man. I mean, uh, definitely not ready, I think, for the USC or anything right now or, or whatever, but uh, let him fight in Aries. Let, let, let's see what's happening, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, Eduardo Flores, thoughts on Amir Ali Kabari signing with Ali Abdelaziz. Ali mentioned Kevin Ali, they were working on details with Usada so he can compete in UFC. So this guy uh, is a high-level wrestler. He fought in Ryzen. He went to the finals of the tournament. He got knocked out by uh, by Mirko Krokop. He had fought like three times in two days. So he beat Heath Herring. He also has a win over Daniel Almolanchuk. Uh, right now, and uh, Geronimo Dos Santos. He's on a five-fight win streak. Um, I've heard good things about this guy, especially with the wrestling and the ground and pound. And any, uh, have you heard any rumblings about his debut? He was actually slated to make his his. Uh, he was. Uh, people said he signed uh, like a year ago with the with the UFC, but that that 
didn't happen or something. He was done with ACA back then. Um, I know, for example, that he he can never fight at Olympic wrestling again because he has a he has banned for life or something because of a doping violation. I don't know exactly, but uh, that's why they have to work out the things with Usada, I think. But uh, he will be he would be a good addition to the UFC, man. He has some uh, good wrestling, some good some good uh, punches and, and all. So I, I'm looking forward to see him in the UFC, man. But uh, I don't know, man, if they uh, if if he gets Usada approved. Yeah, <laughs> hard to say. You know, I'm looking at ACA 93, and ACA gives the guys $10,000 bonus for stoppage. Yeah. Wow. Why is the UFC not doing this, man? It just doesn't make sense. Even a promotion in uh, Russia can do this. I'm just going to go down. I missed some questions earlier. I just want to get to them. Uh, okay, here we go. From uh, Marcus, which betting underdog in a title fight at 251 is the best chance to win? Good question. Now, Marcus, you know that I, I don't like to get my picks until the fight happens. But, uh, you know, you got three fights, obviously. Aldo Yan. Holloway, Volkanovski, and Usman Burns. You know, I have to think about these fights a lot more. These fights are going to be great. You know, Kinshiro saying Burns. I think Burns has a chance for sure. I think Holloway's got a chance for sure. You know, people, I think, are writing him off a little bit after the loss in the first fight. He did get out. I was at that fight, Marcel. It was the first time I was in Vegas. Great fight. Great card. Uh, Usman and, and Covington was a great fight to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I guess Holloway maybe, but I got to think about these fights more. Any thoughts, early thoughts on this card and these uh, three title fights? As much as I really like Piotr Jan, I think Aldo definitely has a chance to win this oh, fight. Man. Yeah, I think they all three of them do, you know, when you think about it, right? Yeah. I'm going to pick Jan. If, I mean, that's not – I was calling it, but I think Jan wins. But, yeah, Aldo, so experienced, right? I thought he looked good against – I was, again, at that fight with Marais. I thought he won that fight, you know, so it was a close fight. Yeah. yeah. Kenshiro, how do you explain all the investment in cages being made on Fire Islands for the tough season? That's actually not a bad thing uh, to think about. Maybe that's – possible i think they're going to do it though at uh, apex right like it makes more sense to do it with the pi so i think that's what they're doing but at some point they could do it, it, it uh in abu dhabi right they did in other countries before it's not like it's the first time and right now though with pandemic you have to do it at apex uh steven says my volume is low i thought i could hear myself can you hear me marcel perfect yeah i don't know i think maybe you're uh, maybe you're i don't know I'm, I'm sorry man if that's the case but i i think uh marcel hears me okay um Let's get to uh, some other points I had here. And if anyone has any questions, throw them in there. I'm going to go for uh, less than 10 minutes from Marshall. We'll get out of here. James starts his podcast too soon. I know people want to watch that as well. Um, I had Shane Burgos ripping the rankings next. I talked a little bit about next, uh, last week, and I know that you were pretty upset too. So Burgos, they said they were going to take him out of the rankings in this brief. That uh, Okay, so apparently the brief was sent by Kirik Jenis. Kirik's the guy at uh, the underground. So he's a guy that's been around forever. He's fought a few times too. I mean, he's been around forever. And I respect this guy, but I, I just feel like there's something really, really sketchy about uh, UFC even having some sort of say in who should be ranked. It should 100% be the voters. The voters are a joke. The whole rankings are a joke. But I know they're upset about it too, man. So I want to get your thoughts on these rankings and the suggestion that Shane Burgos should have been dropped out. Yeah, so first I want to give a huge shout out to Eric Kowal for yes. releasing that note because otherwise nobody would have known. Um, it doesn't make sense, man. I mean, you also have to uh, have to see uh, the quality of opponents people fought, you know. Um, also, there was like listed on Burgos' uh, side, like he only fought one ranked guy, and it was Calvin Cater. And it's like Cubs Swanson was ranked number 11, I think, when he fought him. So uh, that's why he came in the rankings, right? Um, 
I mean, it's weird because they said Bryce Mitchell uh, has more. Uh, how do you say that? Uh, has more the right to be ranked than Shane Burgos if he loses because he recently beat Charles Rosa, and it's pretty much uh, the same as uh, Shane Burgos beating Cap Swanson. As like Shane Burgos actually finished Charles Rosa a few years ago via TKO in the third round. So. It's kind of all weird, and also with Emmett, it was like he had a a, a high, a low high, and, yeah. a, and a high low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they we're gonna drop. They told him to drop Emmett out if he lost. Potentially drop him out. It's weird, man. I just don't think there should be any suggestions about who like should be ranked. But again, these rankings are really bad. Um, they've always been bad, you know. And uh, I know uh, I was going on crazy kind of last week. I talked to Brian, who's like I work with Brian Emmett Osbreaker. He's one of the rankers. I don't think he loved my comments, I'll be honest. And I'm, I'm his uh, colleague. I said, Brian, that's just my honest opinion, dude. I'm not going to hold back. I just think there, there's too much room for error here. And not only that, but you know, Marcel, for me, one thing I never did was push to be on the Yankees panel because I, I feel like you get too involved with the matchmaking and the guy's contract. So it's like something I don't want to be involved with. Like mm -hmm. Jeff Neal, if you're ranking guys right now, you have Jeff Neal or whatever at number 12. And I guess that's fair based on his wins. But because he's ranked there and because he's so good, we all of us know he's not getting fights against anyone above him. So that's a perfect example. Jeff Neal knocked out Mike Perry at the game, that card I was at in December, 245. Mike Perry fought again just now. Jeff Neal is still waiting for a fight. And he took a second job back at uh, the uh, Steakhouse he works at in Texas. Yeah. You saw that story, right? James in the interview, man. I mean, geez. Like, and I know he said, you know, it's my choice. I'm trying to help the restaurant out. Come on. Like, like, imagine like Tom Brady worked at a restaurant on the side or something. Like, I'm not Tom Brady, but you know what I mean? Like, a high level athlete. There's something wrong with the sport, man. It's the best sport in the world, though. That's the crazy thing. Like, the fights, these are the best fights, the best athletes, and yet they're not treated and paid the way they should be. Anyways, uh, Curse Blades, I want to get to him quickly. Uh, Curse Blades, he's kind of explained why he thinks Dana White hates him because he speaks out because of the style he was saying. Curse Blades is such a great fighter. It's really sad how fans have turned on this guy because Dana White turned on him. So then all these idiot fans are turning against him, saying he's boring. He had one boring fight. All his other fights are good, like the Junior DeSantos fight. He stood up and traded with him. The Overeem fight took him down and beat the, smashed his face with elbows. So yeah, maybe the Wells fight wasn't the greatest, and this fight wasn't the best. I don't think it was a that bad fight. I mean, dude, he's Marcel. He's like 285 pounds, cut down 265. And he went the full distance against a guy, Volkov, who's a very dangerous, long, awkward kind of guy. So uh, this whole curse blades is boring and he shouldn't talk uh, about his pay because he's boring. It's so stupid, man. What do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what do people expect him to do against Volkov? Come on, man. I mean, he even said it on Twitter what he was going to do and he still got get shit for it. I mean, what was it the greatest fight? No. Was it the was it the a solid win for Blades? Yes, I mean, uh, I pretty much expected that this was going to happen in that fight. So, um, there's comments to Dana. Man, I always tend to uh, back the fighters even more when they comment uh, about uh, pay against Dana. So, I mean, uh, if I see what what he what he earned for that uh, for that fight, I wasn't that, I think it was one one eighty. I think I don't know, and. Uh, Volkov was even under 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 100k. What he get for that fight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. Like the TV money, the UFC gets a lot of money. They don't distribute it like equally like other sports. Mm. Yeah, I don't. You know, can talk about fighter pay all day. Um, if anyone's any last second questions, throw them in there. Me, and Marcel, answer them before we get out of here. I only want to go a few more minutes. Here, Marcel, I got enough of your time out, out of uh, you today, so I appreciate it. But you know, just looking ahead at some of these cards, I already kind of mentioned the Usman Burns card. Um, 
uh, Cater, Ige Car, Figueredo, Benavides, to Whitaker Till. Then you go to August, you have Comaldana, Luis Salinic, Miocic, Cormier. What's a fight that you really uh, are, can't wait to watch this summer? What's what like one or two fights that you are just so excited about? Oh man, that's <laughs> you, you, you I, admit, yeah, yeah. And think, okay, how about this? Don't talk about the, the main events. How about some other fights in the cards that maybe we don't know about? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Nathaniel Wood against Umar Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I think that's a crazy fight. Maybe I, I shouldn't have done that fight to be honest, man, because Nathaniel Wood just lost. If he loses again, he's he can be a big guy and for for the for the England fan base to get after. And if he loses again, that would be pretty sad, I think. And uh, same for Umar Nurmagomedov, man. He's undefeated, very bright prospect from Dagestan. Uh, but that's a fun matchup, man. I mean, we're gonna see that next month. So uh, that that's one one of the matchups I'm really looking forward to. And uh, another one which is kind of a weird matchmaking to me, but Sergey Pavlovich against Cyril Gan on August eight. I mean, those are two heavyweights, two uh, promising heavyweights. Uh, Gan still undefeated. Uh, Pavlovich that looked very good so far. You see this. Uh, Apart from his loss to Overeem in his debut, so uh, that those are two fights I'm really looking forward to. And don't forget Manel Cap Capé or Cap against uh, Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, Capé, he's the yeah, he's the uh, rising champion now. Go coming to the UFC, going down to flyweight, fighting Bontorin. So that that's a really fun fight as well. Yeah, there's some. I'm just looking at the undercards at Best Fight Odds right now. Oh my God, there's some good fights coming up. Again, we can talk about those main events. Uh, you know, for me, the Prochaska Uzdemir fighting, that's a great fight. And, uh, you know, people know about that fight. How about this one? Elijah Zaleski DeSantos versus a Muslim Salakong. It's just going to be very violent to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. It's another of those welterweights, right? Just behind top 15. 100%. Same with this guy, Abdul Razak Al Hassan against Munard Lazes. I don't know the other guy that well, but uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan is a guy that people think could be a champ due to his knockout power. Any thoughts on that one? 100% a knockout finish for in that fight, man. I mean, Munir Lazes, he, uh, I think he's eight and one. His eight wins all by knockout in the first or second round. And we know how Abdul Razak Hassan fights. So there's going to be a banger, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, there's some other fights here. How about the return of Joe Duffy? He's fighting Joel Alvarez. That's an easy fight for him, I think. Joe Duffy's a guy that obviously has that win over Conor McGregor. So he'll always have that in his back pocket. Uh, Brett Charns against Montel Jackson. That's a fun fight, too. Good grappling match. Should be. Uh, both those guys are really good. How about this one? Armin Tersukian against Davy Ramos. That's a great fight, too, man. I mean, look at these fights. Like, Jesus. Man, there's some good fights. And, like, again, these are not the biggest names, but this is why they built Fight Island. So they have these international guys getting fights. Uh, yeah. you know, looking at the next card, uh, Danny Roberts against Nick Dalby. That should be a fun fight, too. Really good one. Uh, actually, Dalby is uh, Dutch. Or, no. Danish. 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 Okay. Any Dutch fighters coming up? Uh, they're uh, fighting the UFC. I can't think of anyone right now. No one. No. I guess the big guy, right? Well, obviously, I think Stru tired of him, maybe. Um, yeah, the thing was that uh, actually there should have been a, an event in Amsterdam on July 19 or 18. Yeah. So there would have been Dutch guys on that one for sure, but nobody's booked yet. I think Overeem said he wants to come back in August or September, so maybe then. But Struve is not uh, retired. He, he he will he will have another fight. So okay. Okay. yeah, I, I don't know. Gets knocked out every fight, so. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, you know. Um, I've always I always wanted to see Marlos Kunin in the UFC too. I feel like kind of bad for her, you know. She was kind of ahead of her time, and now she probably doesn't make it. She, you know, she, do you know she does uh, 
uh, Bellator commentary for Spike TV over here in the Netherlands. Now. For her. And obviously, Jermaine Durand and me, we didn't talk about her. She, Dana, yeah. always saying how good she is. I mean, she's definitely good. So, but The she, only that made sense right now was, I think, uh, Juliana Pena against Durand and me. I think everybody else is booked. And yeah. that, uh, Not too many open spots on the division right now. Anyways, Chad, just, you know, these rest of these fights are going to be good. Uh, she's, like, like you said, that Wood or Margarita fight and there's a bunch of other good ones. All right, I want to get out of here, though, because uh, we did for an hour, so I appreciate it. Oh, I got one. This is the last question I'm going to take, guys. Marcus, if you could book coaches in the next tough, who would bring good ratings? Who would you book and why? He likes Covington and Perry. I thought Covington and Woodley would have been pretty good. I know Woodley's not the best personality, but I think I think Covington should probably be tough against someone. What do you think? I agree, man. I, I wouldn't do Perry because I think uh, you can uh, bleep like uh, like the whole episode if, if you if you do Perry against Still, for example, man. <laughs> but, you could do Covington and uh, Masvidal. That would be yeah. That'd be great, but I don't think Maswell will do it. No, I didn't need to see that. Yeah. Oh, money. But Covington against Woodley? Yeah, you could do that too. So a lot of these guys, that whole division, again, you know, they got to start getting these fights going because uh, you need – Edwards has got to fight for a belt soon, and you got guys like Wonderboy behind too. So great division. All right, Marcel, I think that's going to be it for today. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. A lot of fun talking the fights with you. So uh, plug your stuff and tell people where they can find you. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow uh, my stuff on MMADNA.nl, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and my personal account, BigMarcel24, on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Sorry. Good stuff, man. You guys can find me on Twitter at MMAdamBurton, and I'm available at MAOzbreaker.com, BJPen.com, MMARatings.net. Definitely check me out all those places, guys. Once again, Marcel, thanks for tuning in or joining me. And uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the questions. Uh, I'll see you guys probably, I think, Thursday this week. I'm going to do my second podcast. I think I'm going to go uh, away Friday for somewhere. So I think I'll probably do it Thursday. So guys, have a great day. Take care of the rest of the week and I'll see you guys soon. Bye.